Welcome to Grace this weekend. Uh, my name is Ryan, one of the pastors here on staff. And uh, if we haven't met, love to meet you sometime. And uh, before we even jump into our message today, want to highlight something that we heard a little bit about earlier, and, and that was discovery groups. And if you guys have been hanging out for any length of time here at Grace and been saying, I wonder what my next step is. I just want to make sure that's super, super clear. It is to go to a discovery group. And uh, here's kind of what you'll experience. If you go to that kickoff that's coming up in about a week, you'll sit with Pastor Jeff for a handful of hours on that first session, hear the history, the vision, the mission of the church, and really get the heartbeat behind the scenes of what Grace is all about. And then in the next six weeks, you'll break out into smaller groups, get to know some people at Grace and be led by one of our leaders. Guys, that is an unbelievably effective time. If you haven't jumped into one of those yet, make sure to do that and uh, you will be glad that you did. I'm excited about that. I'm also excited about this series we kicked off uh, last week and called What If? And uh, the whole premise of this series is it's fun. It's looking at the daily grind of life Right? We all have a grind that we're going to find ourselves in, a routine or a schedule. No matter where I am, I'm going to find myself kind of in a rhythm of life. I wake up, get moving for the day, find myself moving towards something, right? Get dressed. If I can jam some exercise or fitness in there, I will. I'm going to go to school. I'm going to work, right? I'm going to run the kids around. I'm going to pay bills. I'm going to do homework. And there's going to form a grind to the, the daily rhythm of our lives, and that's true no matter where we find ourselves, right? If I'm a student, if I'm in college, if I'm in high school, if I'm retired, right? We're going to create that rhythm, that grind of life. And every once in a while, this is kind of the premise of our series, what we're going to see happen within us is there's going to bubble up to the surface a question, right? And that question is going to come to our minds at some point in time. And we're going to ask ourselves, isn't there more to life than this, this daily grind that I'm in? You know, isn't there like a, a grand, a more grand purpose for me? Isn't there more that I'm made for than this? Or, or really is this all that there is to just exist and kind of watch the days fly by? I can't believe we're almost closing out the year here, right? This, the time flies in, in the daily grind of it. If we don't listen to those what-if questions, all of a sudden years go by, man, what do we do with that? And we say what we want to do in this series is we actually want to take a minute to double click on those what if questions. We want to say those questions are on purpose. Those what if questions that would surface within us may even be God trying to get our attention, trying to take us to places we've never been before. And here's what we said as we kind of laid out the series last weekend. We started to say those questions are not an accident, uh, they're not fanciful. Those are actually God trying to work in our hearts and minds to get us to live in, in a different way, right? And we said, what if there actually is more to follow in Jesus? What if God has more in mind for us? Let's start to chase down the answers to those questions. And I think we're going to find all kinds of deep and meaningful things. Maybe we walk away change from this series. And one of the things that I think is a ton of fun is that we're, we're trying something new, a little experiment that we're jumping into. We're having question and answer time, Q&A time, after uh, the second service at every location. So today that kicks off. If you guys want to go out, grab a, a bite to eat or something, and then come back after the second service, bring some questions about this conversation or, or maybe the one from last weekend, and love to have a dialogue about that. I love question and answer. So come back if you want to do that and kind of have a conversation that way. 
What we did last week, uh, if you missed that conversation, catch up online, what we said, we started to lay out kind of a paradigm or a framework to think about this. And here's what we said. We, we said, what can happen is I can begin to see that, that God creates a possibility for me to find more in life. Here's how this works. We, we used a teeter-totter, so if you missed that, make sure to catch it online. It was a lot of fun. But we, we said, what if we walked away from a self-managed life, right? A life where I kind of run the show myself. And what if I lived differently and I went to an extreme where I actually trusted Jesus and I lived a life of radical faith? I actually admitted the weakness that God would see in my life, my need for God and my need for dependence on him. We said, what if we embrace that need in a way that we never have before? Because here's something that God's word said, we looked at this last week, that when I embrace that weakness or that need, God said that he would show up on the other end. He would respond to that weakness in my life and that dependence on him and he would show up with his strength and his power in my life. We, we said, what if we live like that all the time in a, in a life of radical faith, man? Could God show up in a way that he never has before? What if, right? We sort of asked that question. What we want to do today is continue to advance that in, into a deeper piece of that question. And uh, when we think about this, what we want to really land on today is if you looked at the daily grind, this is kind of our activities, right? This is the stuff that we would do. And I think we all recognize this, that our daily activities are so consuming that, that sometimes it's even hard to reflect and ask the question, why do I do what I do? I'm just doing it, right? I'm so captivated by the grind of it, I can't even reflect and ask the question, where did this whole thing come from? If we took some time to reflect what we would see, Right, is that this grind is created from a layer beneath the grind, and that layer would be our priorities, our values, and our goals. Right? Our priorities, values, and goals. And, and, and some of us are, are good at this. Maybe we, we try to reflect here and try to see where, where is my life headed and why do I do what I do? Watch how this works. If we went one layer deeper than priorities, values, and goals, we would find that there is a bedrock a, a foundational layer underneath priorities, values, and goals. And what that layer is, is that layer is our identity, our identity, right? And we're going to spend some time looking at this layer of life. And guys, let me just say, we, we just, in general, in life, we don't have time to look at this. What we're going to do is, is spend some time down here. And what we want to see is if we look at this layer of life, if this is something different than I expected it to be, if this changed, if I found something I didn't expect, could it show up and affect the way my daily grind works? And what we're going to find is the answer to that question is absolutely. Right? So the, the identity level is how I would answer the question, who are you? Right? Like if you came up to me and said, hey, Ryan, who are you? And right off the top of my head, I would I'd probably say, who are you? Uh, I'm Ryan. Right? I'd like, give you my name. Right? It's the first thing that comes out of my mouth. You say, no, Ryan, that's your name. Like, who are you? I'd say, uh, I'm a dad, I'm a husband, I'm a pastor. You, you might look at me and say, no, Ryan, those are, those are roles that you play. Those are positions that you hold. Uh, those are family relationships that you have. Like, who are you? This sounds like a really simple question that we should probably have an answer to, but it's not that simple, right? When, when you actually look at the identity, the the deepest definer of who I am, it's actually kind of hard to work with, 
right? That, that bedrock level is kind of hard to get our hearts and minds around. We tend to cling to things that would describe us. It's hard to know what should really be down here at this deepest level. Man, who am I? The question we want to ask today as we start to dig at this question is, what if I'm not who I think I am? What if I'm not who I think I am? What if God says something about me that was previously unknown to me? And God would proclaim or declare truths about me that I had no idea even existed. What if? What if I'm someone that I didn't even know that I was? Lots of fun. Put on your thinking cap because we're going to kind of work this a bit. And I want us to see that when we start to dig at this foundational level, man, it changes everything. It changes everything. So let's dig into it. We're going to look at just a few verses today, and I really want to dive deep into them. It's going to be 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. And uh, if you have a Bible, you can turn there. If you don't have a Bible or newer translation of the Bible, grab one from underneath the chairs. You can take that home with you if you need a Bible. And it's page 805 in those Bibles. I'm going to be reading from a slightly different translation, uh, but you can follow along. You catch the idea here as we read it. So let me start here in 2 Corinthians 5.16. The Apostle Paul is the writer here of this book, and uh, here's what he says in verse 16. He says, so from now on, uh, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. We regard no one from a worldly point of view though we once regarded Christ in this way. Paul, Paul's saying to this church in Corinth, he's saying, hey, um, I, me and my friends who are writing this letter, we used to, when we looked at the world, we would see it from a worldly perspective. As we assessed and judged things and looked at things and appraised things, we would look at it from a worldly point of view. What does that mean? That means I would judge it based up according to what I see, right? my, my perception of it. He'd say, we, we once regarded Jesus even in this way, in this worldly point of view. So when Paul, Paul was a Jewish guy, was raised at the same time that Jesus was, Jesus would have been a contemporary, okay, of Paul. They, they were around at the same time. And Paul would have said, when I looked at Jesus, I, I didn't see Jesus for who he was, as the Son of God came down in human flesh that came to die for the sin of the world, right? He's like, I, I didn't see that. What I saw was, I saw a Jewish kid who was a carpenter who grew up and was trying to draw people away from Judaism. So what did I do? I tried to attack his followers and destroy the work he tried to do because I thought he was an enemy of the Jewish faith. I saw him from a worldly point of view. I couldn't see what was really going on. I didn't see it from a spiritual perspective. I didn't see reality. I only judged it based on what I saw and what I perceived. I saw it from a worldly perspective or point of view. He says, we don't do that anymore. Paul says, we don't see the world that way anymore. He says, my, my perspective has been completely changed and now I see things more and more from God's point of view, so to say. And here's why. He's going to lead us into this in verse 17. Paul would say, Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, that person 
is a new creation, or the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. Here's what Paul would point to. He would say, I now understand that something happens to us. There's a spiritual reality that can play out. When someone looks at their situation, they they look at what Jesus has done for them, that Jesus has come to the earth, lived a perfect life, died, offered his perfect life for the sins of the world. When someone looks at what Jesus has done and they put their faith in that act that Jesus has performed, that something foundational happens to them. Something changes at, at that deepest layer, that identity level that we talked about. They become, Paul would say, in Christ. If we looked in other places in the Bible, this is the same thing as when you say, when when, uh, John talks about being born again or being saved or being rescued from the dominion of darkness and transferred to the kingdom of light. Paul would use that language. It's all the same thing. It means that something happened to me at the foundation level, at the identity level, and I became someone that I was not before. Though I will always be a, a sinful person in my experience, There's something that becomes more true of me even than my sinfulness. Paul would say, man, if you've accepted Jesus Christ, you are new. You you are something that you weren't before. You're a new creation. You're born again. Now your identity is a disciple. That's who you are, right? You're a disciple. You're a, a follower of Jesus. You are to live a life of radical faith and that has changed in you. Something is new in you, and that starts at this bedrock level, and as that identity starts to take hold more and more, what we're gonna see is that shows up in priorities, values, and goals. Ultimately, it's gonna show up in the daily grind, and it's gonna affect the deepest parts of us. Paul would say, there's this spiritual reality that I've come to see now. Now I don't appraise or measure or judge people according to what I see. I look towards the spiritual. And I want to see people, are they in Christ or not? Because I know that they're new if they are. But he would go on and say, the old has gone, right? The new has come. He wants us to know this stuff because this is critically important. And what I want to do now is I want to spend some time talking about the difference between the old and the new. Because there's all kinds of ways that we could define ourselves, you know? And, and what do you mean by old? Let, let me give us some categories, right? These are some, some rough categories of what old can look like. Right, because before I know Jesus, or if I don't know Jesus, or even in my human experience, I can tend to define myself by some of these things. I'm going to walk us through, give us a rough definition, then we're going to use an exercise to kind of see how this all unfolds. The first one I put down here, and I put these definitions up here on the screen, uh, the first one's going to be position. So, right, when I look and you ask me, who are you, I might answer from what I do every day, my position in life. So who are you? I am a college student. I am a football player, right? I am a CEO. I'm a mom, you know? I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna identify myself by my position. What's a position? These are the roles that I do in life, the roles that I do, okay? So when you think about the old, right, one of the ways that could show up is clinging to the the positions that I hold in life, the roles that I carry, 
These are old ways or worldly ways that we could define ourselves. And as I'm placing these up on on the chart here, what we're going to see is this center point is going to be that deepest layer we talked about. We're going to practice, kind of exercise, putting different identities in and seeing what comes out. Stick with me. We'll walk it all the way through. Position is one way that I could define myself, one of the old ways that could show up. Another way that can show up and define me, an old way that would come up, or a worldly way, is the appearance that I create for myself, my presentation. Say, what do you mean by presentation? This is whatever I show the world, right? This, this, is, this is the clothes that I wear, the car that I drive, right? The neighborhood that I live in, where I'm choosing to embrace those things, not just because I want to enjoy them, but because I want to show the world a certain image of myself, Right? This is the image that I would create uh, on social media, a perfect kind of pristine image that I want to show the world and, and make sure everybody sees me a certain way. This is going to show up in body image stuff. Right? So, so I'm going to view myself and say, man, if I have this body fat percentage or this weight or this look, right, then, then I'm going to have a certain value and worth. It's going to be kind of who I am. I may not ever articulate that out loud, but at the deepest level, that could define me, right, in the old way of thinking. It's presentation. Another one, this is cute how these all start with P. It's neat, isn't it? Right, another one is pleasure. Pleasure. And this is just the the activities, the hobbies that I find are fun for me. So, guys, some of us, this would be like we are sports fanatics, right? It's the stuff we love to do in our free time. Can't wait till I get off work so I can go do X, right? However you would fill in that blank. Maybe some of us are are serious about our hobbies, our our sports. Um, Maybe we're into playing sports. Maybe we're, maybe ladies, maybe some of you are really into Pinterest. Awesome. That's great. Good, right? Maybe some of you are... uh, into whiteboards and wood piles, you know? Like me, you're probably closer to Jesus if you do, right? But it's pleasure, right? This is, these are the fun things that I would do, and those things are, they're not, what we're saying is, in the old way of thinking, these aren't just things that I would enjoy. These are things that are so important to me, they, they become definers of me. They're not necessarily bad. They're not bad things. They only become inappropriate when they become the definition of who I am. Pleasure. Next one's going to be the opposite, right? Pain. Pain. So this is a reality that all of us are going to face in life, right? This is the the tragedy that hits, uh, the loss, the divorce, the sickness, right? When when pain comes into my life, it's not something I chase or that I look for, It's something I didn't choose, but maybe it came into my life and now it so deeply has affected me that it actually becomes kind of who I am. And I can become uh, a bit of a victim because of that deep wound that has struck into my life. Last one I put up here was performance. Performance. Okay, so this one cuts both ways. Watch what I mean. So for performance, this is how this works. When I am performing well, I'm on top of the world. When I'm performing poorly, right, I'm kind of the scum of the earth. And if I'm defining myself, if that, that bedrock layer is how I do is who I am, I'm going to live the roller coaster of performance. 
right? And it's not just something that I'm interacting with. My identity is rolling up and down with that performance level. That's what can happen. These are all, again, old ways that we would define ourselves. These are just some broad categories. There's a bunch more I'm sure that we could pick if we wanted to. Paul would say this is the new way that we should operate. He wants us to know this. We're going to see why in a minute. But I want us to spend some time unpacking what happens and why this is such a big deal. When I begin to embrace the old way as my identity, I want us to see what happens. Okay, I want us to see what happens. When I put, let's say, position at the center point of of who I am at that bedrock layer, if I look and say, uh, I'm not just holding a job or carrying out a role, I'm not just in a season of life, this is actually who I am, here's, what, here's what's going to start to happen. When that position defines me, it's going to show up over here in my presentation, right? So I'm going to want to look the part. Let's say I just get a, a brand new job, right, in, in my career, and I have this new position, this new role that I'm playing out. Well, now I need to look the part, So that starts to affect the clothes that I wear and the the car that I drive and the way that I would present myself and it would start to show up in all of these different ways, right? I'm going to land over here. If I I value my position so highly, I'm going to value and overvalue performance. I'm going to feel that in a major, major way, right? So when I'm doing really well, I'm on top of the world, when I'm failing, I feel as if I'm a failure in life because that performance is tied to that position. Watch how this works. If I value my position, so I am a mom, I am a carpenter, I am a CEO, right? I am a college student. If this is who I am, I'm only going to interact with Jesus, with my relationship with Christ, listen, to the extent in which this leverages this. So, yeah, Jesus, I'll follow you if you make my, my marriage better or make me a better parent. I'll follow you if you make my career take off, if you help me leverage business connections or you help me to be a better leader. If you leverage and advance my position, I'm in, but as soon as you challenge that I'm out because this is who I am. This is where this really starts to get difficult. And now when you take that position away, right, when, when the company downsizes or the kids move out, it's not just a change of life. I don't even know who I am anymore. See, my identity changes because I've attached a heart level, a definition of myself somewhere it was never meant to be attached. That's what happens when I land a position. Let's put presentation in here for a second. If I'm going to look and say, the way that the world sees me is who I am, right? So, so your view of me, right? My image that I create publicly, physically through my body image, from the stuff that I buy, from, from my presentation on social, whatever, right? If that's what defines me, guess what I'm going to do? I, I'm going to hide this because this is ugly. This doesn't look good, right? It doesn't present well. So, so the painful parts of my life, I'm going to downplay and dismiss and hide from you. Why? Because C- I am how I look. 
I am what people see of me. If presentation's at the center point, I'm going to run towards positions that, that give me the kind of means to create the presentation I want. I'm going to run to the job that gives me the, the kind of car that I want or the kind of house that I want or the kind of clothes that I want or allow me to get, you know, the nip and tuck that I want, whatever. You know, th- this presentation starts to matter more than, uh, more than it should, right? And, and it starts to affect every area of my life. Watch how it works when we go towards following Jesus. If presentation is who I am, I'll interact with Jesus because, man, I, I need to be a well-rounded person. <laughs> that, like, sh- that looks good. That shows well. You know, I, I need to be mentally sharp and physically sharp and spiritually have some of all that. But, but if Jesus calls me to, to lay down my life that I may find it, if he calls me to move past something that's attractive or something that's unpopular, I'm out. I'm out. And here, watch how this works. Uh, when the finances go away to keep up that presentation or we begin to age, like, Lord forbid we lose our hair, you know? Right? Who am I now? Who am I now? I don't know. It's not just a, a part of life that happens. It's not just something that we can embrace with grace. It, it's, it's something that I hold so dearly and now I'm losing who I actually am. See how big of a deal this is. Uh, It's an area of life we're not going to spend a lot of time thinking about because it's kind of deeper than we would tend to go on a daily basis. Guys, this is huge. Well, well, let's put pleasure in here. Well, how does this work? Fun is fun. We all know that. It's all good. It's fun to play with it. Like, we all love to do the stuff we love to do. I love splitting wood. I think it's a ton of fun. I'm going to do some today, by the way. After this, I'm going to go chainsaw some things. Just saying. Okay. Right? So pleasure is awesome. Uh, it's fun. It's good. God gave it to us as a gift. It, it's a terrible identity. Here's how it works. If pleasure is at the center point of, of who I am, what's going to happen is I'm going to start to lose vision for the central positions of my life. Why? Because work is just something that I get through to go do what I actually want to do. I can't recognize that God actually put me somewhere on purpose and gave me a role for a reason. I'm going to blaze through work and get through it and ugh, because I can do what I want to do. Watch how this one works. When, when pleasure, when living to make myself happy is at the center point of who I am, this gets very difficult, I don't understand or have a place for a God who allows pain in the world. Does it make it sense? If pleasure is who I am, I'm going to have a really hard time coming to terms, coming to grips with the fact that there's a God who allows pain. Because I'm made to be happy. How could that happen? When it comes to following Jesus, I'll follow Jesus to the extent that he allows me to pursue my pleasures fully. When he asks me to move towards pain, I'm out. When he asks me to change in ways that are difficult for me, I'm out, right? When when pleasure rules and runs my life, it it leads me nowhere. It can't lead me to truth. Let's put pain in here. When pain is the definition of who I am, and pain is a tough one because 
We, we didn't chase this one. It feels in some ways like we didn't choose it, like it chose us. However, when pain strikes and I become the tragedy, so it doesn't just hurt, it doesn't just affect me in a deep way, it becomes who I am. Here's how this starts to play out. Pain is going to start to de- debilitate me. It's going to be the reason why I can't really own my position. It's the reason why I can't really show up and perform. It, it's also going to be the reason why I'm dependent on pleasure be, because I need pleasure to help me to cope with my pain. This is where addiction comes from. When pain is my identity at the deepest level, I need something to help me cope with the pain of life. So we'll run to something. It doesn't really matter what it is. It's alcohol, it's porn, it's addiction to, to perform, whatever it is, right? It's gonna be running to something to help me manage and cope with this. Guys, it, it leads nowhere. Now where this will show up in my pursuit, my relationship with God being a disciple, I'm gonna have a hard time if I define myself by my pain understanding that God could love me. God, how could you love me? You let this happen to me. God, are you there? How do I trust you now? You've allowed me to go through this and now I, I can't see straight because I've allowed the pain to completely blind me. It's not the pain doesn't hurt. It's not that it's not real. But when I make a decision to put it in the center, I lose f- perspective and focus on all the rest. Let's do this one. Performance. All right, so when I put performance into that center point, Here's what happens. I am my performance. When I'm doing great, I'm doing great. When I'm doing terrible, I'm doing terrible. I'm gonna run towards positions where I can succeed, right? I'm gonna give myself towards things that show that I'm good, right? I'm gonna pick the presentation that leverages this. I'm gonna utilize this until it makes me better. And when I come to my relationship with Jesus, here's how I will approach that if I land on performance. I'm gonna look at my relationship with God and I'm gonna believe that a relationship with God is something that must be earned. I need to show up and perform or else God will not love me. I'm telling you, that's how it will work if we put this in the center. So we we will work for God's love, not from God's love. We're going to have a hard time accepting that God would give us his love freely and that's something that we would enjoy and respond back to him from the heart because I only know how to be loved by performing and showing up, right, and being the one that really tries to knock it out of the park. Guys, I, I hope we can see that the, these old ways and they lead nowhere. This is so important to me uh, because, because before following Jesus, hey, here my life was basically this. Let's try all these out. You know, I'm, I'm desperately trying to answer the question, who am I? Somebody asked me this week, Ryan, wait, which of these did you struggle with or do you struggle with? I'm like, oh, man, all of them. Are you kidding? This is crazy. Like, don't you think I, I want to define myself by, by my position? Like, I'm, I'm not even... 
I am not a, a pastor primarily. I'm a Christ follower primarily. If I ever don't work at Grace Church, Jesus isn't going to love me any less. You know? I, I've tried all of these on and have found them all wanting. The only definition of who I am that makes any sense at all is this one right here. That, that, that we would own this identity that we are disciples of Jesus. Look at this verse again with me. 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that person is a new creation. The old is gone, the new is here. These things, they they don't go away, but they can leave this place. They don't have to own me. They don't have to define me. I now have an option that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say will change everything. I can be something new. It's funny, I was thinking about this a little bit the other day because th- this whole thing needs to be discovered, right? It's something we don't tend to see or know about. It's funny, my, my, uh, my in-laws were going through some paperwork uh, about a year ago. You know how this goes, you like look through your papers every, every handful of years and look at stuff. Well, as they're going through it, they, they found a bunch of bonds. You know, like how your grandma gives you bonds? You know, like 20 bucks here or there, and then somewhere, they go somewhere eventually, right? And then 25, 30 years later, you look those up and you find that you have bonds. It's great. So that's what happened. My, my in-laws found, they're like, hey, honey, to my wife, here, here's these bonds that are in your name. And we were like, sweet, free money. That's fantastic, you know? And we, we grabbed these bonds, and we went and we cashed them in. And here's the thing. This made me think about this. That set of income, that, that wealth, so to say, and it wasn't that much. Don't get too excited. That set of income, it, it was there and it was available to her the whole time. It was in her name, right? It was hers. She just didn't know that it was there. She didn't realize what she had available to her all the time, you know, until it was discovered, until it was found, and let me tell you, we cashed him in right away. <laughs> Guys, the, the same thing is going to be true when it comes to our identity in Christ. There is a rich wealth of reality for us to go explore and discover. Let me give you a taste of it right now. So, so Paul would tell us that we are new creations, right? We're new. Did you know that the Bible would also say if you have a a relationship with Jesus today, the Bible would look at you, Jesus would look at you and say, you are holy now. You're holy. Say, but but I'm a sinful person. I I know. And, And now what's even more true of you than your sin is the fact that God sees you and he sees that you're holy. He sees that you are forgiven. You are a child of God now. You are, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you if you know Jesus today, right? God would look at us and he would say these things to us. There's this entire identity that we don't even realize that we have. Man, if we're thinking people, we start to realize that if that's true, and I discovered that at that bedrock level, what if I am somebody I didn't even realize, and what if that would show up at the next layer, and what if that would ultimately completely change my daily grind of life? What if? What if I'm not who I thought I am? 
What if I'm actually who God says that I am? Watch how this works. If I am a disciple of Jesus, here's what happens. Right? I, I am not my career. I'm not my role in life. I'm not a football player. I'm not an athlete. I am given a position to be faithful to God with. Right? And that's, that's a place where I can bring glory to God. And if it changes or goes away, I will not be ruined by it. Right? Be, because I am a disciple first. I am not my presentation. Right? I'm not the clothes that I wear. I'm not the car that I drive. As it's worth saying out loud, uh, that, that material status possession gives me no worth. I just overpaid on it, okay? My presentation is not who I am. I am not my body fat percentage. I'm not my weight. I'm not how much hair I have. Some of you guys are like, amen. That's right. (laughs) I'm not my pleasure. I'm not the sports team that I would lock into. Those things don't define me. They might describe me, but they certainly can't define me. Pleasure now becomes something that I enjoy and give thanks to God for, right? There's nothing wrong with it. It's just not deep enough to live for. It's not going to be what I own and what defines me. I am not my pain. But I will tell you this, as a disciple of Jesus, pain actually has a place. I'll never fully understand it, Right? I've seen some tragic situations that I, I'll never fully get my head around this side of heaven, but it has a place in the life of a disciple. I know what God does with it. It's not wasted. God can use this to change me. Some of the most painful things that have happened in my life are some of the biggest change agents that have occurred in my life. It also gives me an opportunity to connect with other people. When someone that I bump into goes through something horrible and it's the same thing that you've gone through, right, and you've come out the other side, you're the person I want to call to help them get connected with. Why? Because you have a unique, authoritative voice and ability to help them that I'm never going to have. As a disciple, that starts to make sense. And now I don't work for God's love. I work from God's love. I already have his approval, and now everything I do in my performance and my efforts is just to say thank you to God. It, it can be like this. See, Ryan, is this perfect? Is this how it is all the time? No way, man, but, but here's what I know, that, it, that to live here is to have freedom, and that if this is the defining factor of who I am, it changes everything more and more and more. You guys, you say, say, what do I do with this? How do I take this home? Great question. Here's as far as we can get. I think we look and, and we ask the question, what am I defining myself by out of the old way? And as we were walking through here, was there a pain point? And he said, man, I, I've been doing that. I've been doing this one. I want to own that. I want to admit that. And I want to reject anything that has been defining me that's not the definition that God has given. Because for some of us, owning this definition starts with beginning a relationship with Christ. Some of us are here, and, and these are the only ways we've ever defined ourselves. 
that starts, the way to begin that replacement of our new identity is to accept Jesus, to look and say, Jesus has died for my sin. I want to accept that forgiveness. I want to give my life to you, Christ. And with that exchange of my sin for your righteousness comes a whole new identity. Own that. Make that decision. Guys, for the rest of us, here's what I would love, love, love to see happen. I put a resource together for you. Uh, We put it out a hard copy out in the info desk. We, we put one in the notes section of your app. It's, it says, who am I? And we listed out for you a resource that has all of these truths, these statements of what God defines you and I as if you're a Christ follower. Here's what I would love to see happen. I would love to see everyone in this room right now, every day, spend some time with that resource, reading thinking, praying about that list of truths that that show up at that deepest level. Asking God, God, help me to believe that I am who you say I am. What if what God says is true about us? What if? I would love to see us spend some time there, ask God to show us this. And guys, let me just tell you, for me personally, I have only seen change happen in my life from here out. I don't have this thing down, but I want more, right? What if we lived here more and more and we went on, right, a discovery of who we are according to God's definition, not ours? What could happen? What might we find? I want to have the band come out. I want to pray for us. This stuff is, it's deep. It's not where we live every day. It's hard to get our minds around, but man, God wants us to know without a shadow of a doubt that he has a definition for us, and he wants us to get a hold of these truths. He wants us to live here, and he wants to see the possibilities that come when we embrace it. Let's pray together. Father, we want to say thank you, Lord, that you do not define us or or even allow us to stay defined by the old ways. But Lord, you give us a choice. And Lord, you you are the one that allows us the freedom to choose what we put in that circle. God, would you open our hearts and open our minds and help us to see that we are far more than the worldly definitions that we would cling to. And Lord, we are far more valuable in your sight than we are in our own. We're imperfect and we're fallen and we're loved and we're somehow holy because of what you did in Jesus. God, would you, would you put a hunger in us to chase down and to, to find the unbelievable wealth of who we are in you, Jesus? It's sitting right there, waiting for us to access it. Lord, give us a hunger for it, vision for it, and give us great faith to believe what we cannot see. Lord, we love you. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us first. It's in your name we pray. Amen.